I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Line Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. Today's beautiful episode, I got to have my buddy, Mr. Art Devaney on the show. Art is an absolute legend in the world of health and nutrition. Um, he is uh, known as the grandfather of the modern ancestral health movement or modern paleo movement. And uh, he is, he's got a book out, new book called The New Evolution Diet, What Our Paleolithic Ancestors Can Teach Us About Weight Loss, Fitness, and aging um he's pretty fascinating fellow this art he's originally an economist he's got uh he's a professor emeritus of economics at the university of california irvine and he's got a really fascinating story so i super value getting to have someone with uh, like an, an elder on the show I, I feel like i don't have enough of those in my reality and so anytime someone like art is uh, who's just lived such a robust life and has so much to offer um, it's just it's such an honor to get to be able to sit with him and and uh, share share some conversation with him so Really, really excellent, really fun. I'm very grateful for his time. And uh, yeah, we recorded this live in Austin, Texas at uh, Paleo FX event. Uh, really, really fascinating guy. Super fun conversation. In this conversation, we get into uh, his perspectives on the role of fat in our bodies, the potential dangers of fat, kind of like the underworld that we may not know of. Um, also getting to dig into his perspective on the world in general so you have to realize this there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you made too too big a fuss over and if you stop that it doesn't mean you don't you don't care but you stop beating yourself up about it or beating someone else up about it or ruminating about it uh you're free you gotta you gotta set yourself free you got to set, set yourself free from your old mistakes and things that happen to you. And even set yourself free from people who bring you down. And thoughts and foods, habits, everything that brings you down, you can start anew. You can renew every day. Thank you so much for checking out the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there you will find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. Um, you will find uh, 10% off on Four Sigmatic products. Um, prize, special prize for anybody leaving reviews on iTunes. Um, every couple few weeks, uh, if we get, say, every five uh, iTunes reviews, I will pick somebody out of that and I will read that review and then we'll send you out a box of Four Sigmatic mushrooms so you can check out the product. Hopefully you've already tried it. Um, Four Sigmatic is a radical company. They do... 
uh, mushroom blends, tea and coffee blends. So you get cordyceps or lion's mane or reishi or all the good, all the good ones. So really excellent stuff, super high quality product. Um, and yeah, I highly recommend I use the stuff literally every single day. I can't get enough of it. So uh, also Tim Ferriss, Sean Stevenson, all sorts of, all sorts of fo great folks have been utilizing this stuff and loving it. So uh, get yourself 10% off at foursigmatic.com slash align, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash align, A-L-I-G-N. And uh, you get yourself 10% off on any mushroom-related product you get from those, those guys. Um, I have a quote. quote is coming from the good Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, you guys have probably already heard this, but it's always nice to get refreshers. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I ask you guys on a fairly regular basis to take audits of various aspects of your life. I think I've asked about auditing your friends several times before, but um, I think a relevant question to ask ourselves is, the friends that we have in our lives, who do we have in our lives that are not just fair weather friends? Who do we have in our lives if you had to really get real and think if all of a sudden you lost money or lost your your good looks or lost your powerful position at work or whatever it may be, would those people still stand by you or would they run for the hills? I think it's uh, really important to have at least at least a couple few of those friends that you know are like family and you know would, would stand by you during anything. If you do not have that, then uh, that's shaky ground to walk on. I think that makes a lot of sense to invest some energy into, into those people that really matter. Uh, I wanted to also thank you guys for almost wrapping this up. I wanted to thank you guys for uh, your purchases on the Amazon affiliate link that on the right-hand sidebar on the blog and podcast page on linetherapy.com. Um, by you guys clicking on those guys, bookmarking that link, I have a little piggy bank that I set aside from that, and I use it to purchase stuff for the show. So you will hear the sound quality in this. I think sounds pretty darn good, and uh, that's because I used the money from the affiliate program to purchase new sound gear so as I travel around I have a really fabulous little studio set up with people so that's really great um, so yeah I'm, I am paying attention to those guys and I greatly appreciate it someone recently just bought something pits pets fit small dog cage for 130 bucks another person bought a couple ink cartridges for 70 bucks a piece so all those we get about six or seven percent of those purchases cost you absolutely nothing takes that directly out of Amazon and and it is an amazing way to support this show if you appreciate what we're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I think that might be sufficient for one, one introduction. Okay, I have a song here from, this is from uh, Tego Calderon, uh, and the song se llama Cancion de Amaca. So it's, it's Cancion de Amaca, Tego Calderon. If you want to look it up, I'll include it in the show notes. And uh, Cancion de Amaca means, means the hammock song, and I quite enjoy this guy. If you guys have um, any curiosities of anything that's mentioned in any show, uh, jump one of the show notes, aligntherapy.com slash podcast. 
podcast. And uh, we have a full breakdown of any book, any name, anything that's linkable on the internet. Um, we link that back so you guys can check it out. Don't need to be like taking, scribbling any notes or anything like that. This song, I'm just going to play you a little tidbit of the Cancion de Amaca and then uh, tune into the very end of the podcast and I'll play the whole thing. Highly recommend this thing. It will get you moving for show. All right, here's a little clip of that song and then back to the show with Mr. Art Devaney. Align podcast. When mTOR is active, you're still growing. You're, you're trying to grow new tissues or expand existing tissues. Hmm. Well, when you're grown up, you don't need to do very much of that. So it turns out that mTOR also is a primary driver of cancer. So it got a bad reputation. If you're going to turn on mTOR all the time, like most people do, your stem cells are going to disdifferentiate. They're going to come out thinking they're going to go be a muscle cell or a fat cell or a brain cell. Hmm. They're hidden in niches in each of your tissues. Well, but they come out and they encounter this strong growth signaling and cancer, it can become a cancer cell. Because if you drive the cell cycle strongly, what's going to happen is that the... Uh, it's going to go through its limitations and it's going to become immortal and become a cancer cell. Mm. Keep proliferating. Cancer cell is basically a stem cell gone wrong because it's overdriving. It's been overdriven and it, um, it can't be stopped. You can't stop the cell cycle. It's like it's cycling forever. That's where my P53 protein comes in because it's an anti-cancer gene. It turns off the cell cycle. Can you say more about what the P53 protein is? Well, there's a super mouse that lives longer than most mouses, and it overexpresses P53. P53 is a protein, for example, the whale who that grows continuously for 120 to 200 years has 20 copies of P53. Because if you've got a creature that grows all its life, you think it's going to get cancer, right? Right. It needs high cancer protection. That's what P53 does. It monitors the cell for damage to the DNA, it recognizes the damage and initiates the repair of that damage. That's how most cancers start. It's a damaged DNA in a stem cell. So how do you express P53? I, I, I'm a high P53 prototype or a genotype. Why is that? Because I exercise, I starve a little bit once in a while, and I get good sleep, and I'm turning on FOXO. FOXO is the protein that brings all these protective pathways into play. Yeah. The insulin pathways turn off FOXO and the other protective pathways toward a growth. Well, growth gone, right, gone wrong is cancer. See? That's excessive proliferation of cellular tissues that are not cleaned out and trimmed. It's like a Hitler. Cancer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it commands the masses and it starts extracting resources from other cells, yeah. and then you start to decline in the other. In fact, cancer is one of the leading causes of sarcopenia, poverty of muscle, because the cancer cells are stealing all the nutrients. Mm. 
But I'll tell you what, fat, I once compared fat to, uh, to a cancerous tissue also because, jokingly, but uh, semi-seriously, because what is fat? It's a tissue that can grow without limit. Yet there are 1,200-pound people living today. <laughs> Evolution didn't tell us that we can't get too fat. There was no evolutionary mechanism to keep us from getting too fat because it was always necessary in the ice age and during during human evolution starvation was a bigger risk than getting too fat right <laughs> so we have we have no set points that limit our fat everybody thinks you have a, a fat set point and you don't you can go right through it and and build build a new set point hmm. a set point is just a confusion about the dynamics of the, of the process. But anyway, to come back to that, the, the fat mass grows without limit. That's what cancer cells do. The fat mass is attacked by the immune system because the fat cells become stressed. They're, f so they're so over full of fat that the cytoskeleton is stretched out and you get a stress response. That stress response is a signal to the immune system to come and destroy that cell or to eat it. Those are those find me, eat me signals that the body gives out when it has defective cells. So that's point number two. It proliferates without limit. The immune system attacks it. And then three, it steals nutrients from other tissues, exactly what fat does. Mm. So it may be an overplayed analogy, but it's a correct description of the way fat operates. How does it steal nutrients from other cells? Well, it induces insulin resistance in all your other tissues. The, the route to becoming diabetic is to become fat. That's the primary cause of type 2 diabetes. It's, oh, go on, sorry. Because it induces, in, uh, as a, the process I just described induces insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is the beginning of the cascade into diabetes. Is there something, is there such a thing as a, as a healthy fat person? <laughs> like, is there something that's like, oh, oh he's totally, he's 25% body fat, and he's like robust, strong, health, like. Absolutely, absolutely. It's your lean body mass. It's your body composition. That person probably isn't as fat as you think. It probably has a fair amount of muscle. And it's a distribution of the fat as well, visceral well, versus. The visceral fat is the worst. Uh, the visceral fat becomes senescent. That is, it, it stops. It sits there like a zombie cell. Huh. And the visceral fat uh, arises because, partly because the, the adipocytes become senescent, and be, partly because the, what system is it? The. Uh, we can look it up. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, the fat drains out of the portal vein into the liver then passes, it's, it's produced out of the liver and it settles into the viscera because the, the other part of the circulatory system can't pick it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forgotten it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, so it drains down there, it's just there in a pool. It's not supposed to be there. It's not protected in an adipocyte, it's just loose fat. And so it induces a change in, in your metabolism and uh, they call it the word, the bad fat. It's not like it's bad. It's protective because it's absorbing fat that you're overproducing, and there's got to go someplace. 
So it's really a symptom more of not what tissue it is, but overproduction of, of fat, becoming too fat. Yeah. And that's just one of the locations where the fat settles. The other location is in your brain. This is called ectopic fat. Ectopic fat is fat with no place to go, so it has to get stuffed into some other tissue. Because fatty acids circulating in the bloodstream are dangerous. They have to be captured. So ectopic fat intrudes into your bone marrow between your muscle fibers. This, this is intra intermuscular, not intramuscular. Intramuscular is what joggers get. They get muscle inside the fat as a backup fill, mm -hmm. fuel. Intermuscular fat is... Um, is the dangerous stuff, just like the visceral fat is. It's fat with no place to go, so it wedges into the between the muscle fibers. How do we specifically think about getting differentiating that with ourselves? Intra versus inter. Is it dietary? Is it movement? Is it light? Is it grounding? Is it yeah. all of that? I'm sure. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, there are 40 trillion cells almost in the body, and each one is an individual, but they're coupled coupled to the other cells in a neighborhood. Yeah. A, a, group, a colony of cells could be a liver because the cells are marked so they express a, a protein, a, 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 a program, a genetic program that makes them liver cells. So if a stem cell comes in and wants to heal the liver, but you got non-alcoholic fatty liver, that stem cell will become a fat cell. So you have to think about, like when you're developing as a, as a baby, you're making stem cells like mad, and they're flooding out into the system. They're building brain cells, they're building muscle, they're building stomach, other tissues. But a stem cell doesn't know it's what it's going to be, just like us. Right. <laughs> when it grows up, it's actually marked by what's called epigenetic, epigenetic markers that determine its fate. Mm. And that's partly determined by the neighborhood in which it's operating. So like I said, this stem cell comes in and wants to renew your muscle, but your muscle has got fatty degeneration in it. And what it encounters is an environment with excessive fat, in intramuscular fat, and it becomes a fat cell. Mm. So it builds more fat. This is called disdifferentiation. It didn't differentiate correctly. Yeah. So when a cell arrives in your brain, a stem cell, and, and they know now that the brain does make stem cells, in fact, quite a few of them, a lot more than they originally gave credit for, that stem cell has to decide its fate also. The fate's determined by the neighborhood, by your parents, <laughs> your neighbor, just like, just like with a person. Uh, it's the signals that the cell receives as it's migrating to take up its place. In fact, it's remarkable. If it loses traction on its trail, it's, it dies, it's eaten up by other cells. Yeah. The, the stem cells travel along these pathways are the same pathways that developed you. Now they're repairing instead of developing. Because mm. you only get so many brain cells. Right. You can renew them, you can re repair damaged ones or you can replace or renew them. But by themselves, the, the brain cells don't renew on a constant basis. Yeah. That's called the post-mitotic cell. It's, it stopped the, the, the meiotic cycle, and it just sits there, but it, it's a mature, healthy cell until it's damaged or until the mitochondria in the cell start to misfunction 
and they misfunction when the 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 degradation program can no longer take out the damaged mitochondria. Yeah. They they build up in your well, they build up in your lysosomes. You've heard about lip lipofusion. I have, yeah. That's this age pigmentation that occurs in cells. That's those are corpses of mitochondria that couldn't be properly digested. Mm. So you want to have a lot of mitochondria? You might not like it. A lot, of, a lot of people have a fetish now for regenerating their mitochondria <laughs> and having high density of mitochondria. It's one of the sexy subjects of the moment. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, it turns out humans have very low di mitochondria density compared to other animals. We don't have to run as fast. All we need is some mitochondria in our brain. And, well, we need mitochondria, but we don't, we don't need the density in our muscle because we, we have energy we ought to conserve for the brain. And the more our muscle can use, the less the brain has available. So humans have less muscularity than other primates. We could call ourselves the under-muscled, slightly over-fat, slow but brainy primate. Fat's there to s supply the brain during periods of scarcity. Muscle moves us, signals to the brain, helps to maintain brain health. Remember the story I told about the sea squirt? Tell it again. Yeah, the, the sea squirt's a little creature that lives in the sea, and it's a little polyp. Transparent, you can see through it. They're the ones that pee when you pick them up, or is that different? <laughs> it's much smaller than oh, that. Oh, much smaller, It's, okay. it's almost yeah. microscopic. Okay, so never mind. <laughs> you probably have never seen a sea squirt except for okay. a photo. I've been called a sea squirt by a few. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, it needs a brain initially to, to navigate the world to find a place to settle down. And then it finds this spot, and I, I, I say it settles onto its Lazy Boy recliner, and it eats its brain. Because nature doesn't waste protein. Once it's settled there, probably eating the brain elicits some other feeding program that it's able to use now that it's in its location. Mm. It's settled in. It no longer has to navigate the world, so the brain is gone. Mm. This is a description of a lot of modern life. If you're not active, if your muscle are not there, heeding the directions of your brain, remember it's called voluntary movement. The muscles only move, move you if the brain tells you to do so. Hmm. Wh versus involuntary, which is like stomach contractions and so forth. Uh, that's probably also controlled by the brain to, through three feedback mechanisms. So this tells us a story about the need to navigate the world well and that a brain without muscle is no, no effective organism is all, at all. The most depressing life you could imagine is a brain sitting there in a vat with no muscle and it's got nothing to do. Mm. No effectors, no anything. It, right. It couldn't live. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like <coughs> the the uh the excess is something earlier we were talking about the the excess of social media following and the excess of trying to be in front of a lot of people or whatever it is. And then there's the excess of food since the agrarian age and we can start to, you know, mm -hmm. be actually stockpiling food and then yeah. we can kind of go into this and they pair quite well. It seems, you know, a product oftentimes there's like this loneliness, which leads to overeating, Yes, <laughs> you know, and it's just this uh -huh. excess, excess, excess. We get to the point where what we really could use is maybe some time stripping away, you know, but there's this kind of blurry phase where it's, anxiety or where it may be and we just keep on filling keep on filling 
in, in seeking to fix the thing, but we end up making the thing worse by we continuing do, to well, fill. We do make it worse, and the, the, the brain gets this uh, panic response partly with the fear it's going to starve when it's not <laughs> getting glucose. And you can't think effectively if you don't have glucose in the brain. Yeah. But the brain has to be sensitive to the glucose. And if you start developing diabetes of the brain, which is what Alzheimer's is, Believe it or not, Alzheimer's is basically a metabolic disease. I heard that. Unless it's genetically driven. Um, and Alzheimer's of the eyes is macular degeneration. We're seeing the linkage now. All the neural tissues are very sensitive to this uh, glucose signaling and to the ability to respond to the insulin signal. And if you fail to maintain the proteostasis in those cells, they degrade. So you degenerate all your cells, all your neuro, your nervous system is probably doesn't have as long a warranty on it as your body does. Hmm. Because it's the latest addition to the human to the human body. Hmm. The newest sections of the brain are the f cortex and the prefrontal cortex. Funny, isn't it? They had to call it in front of the front. Yeah, right. <laughs> There'll be a pre-pre coming soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give it a thousand years. So <laughs> um, those those have the the least biological warranty on them because they're rather new. They will stabilize sometime, but we have defective ways of clearing the damage presently mm. from that. And the major failing of of the brain uh, of neurons is, uh, at least I think is they, um, they fail to maintain their proteostasis. And then they can't, the neuron can't be rescued if it's, in, if it's in danger and it's crying for help from the rest of the body. The uh, insulin resistance keeps the rescue f products from getting in there. Hmm. They can't be expressed fully. Remember, you sort of clean, repair, rescue, rebuild, regenerate. Yeah. Those, are the, those are the paths to... Uh, a life, and I do that every day, because I exercise every day. I have a little bit of starvation, a, a period of time to clear the, do the housekeeping, and a period of, of growth. I don't restrict restrict calories, but I have sort of eating windows. Right. Even those are variable because you have to maintain kind of a poised state. You can't be locked into one habit or pattern. That's like when your heart becomes. I, unable to respond to signals, it's because the, the variation has gone out of the heart signal. Right. In the inner interval becomes very predictable and normal. And then that takes us into the normal versus non-normal because the normal distribution is what everybody thinks about when they think about the probability distribution, uh, the normal probability distribution, the bell-shaped curve, is something that's taught in the schools and that people seem to accept, but the average means almost nothing. What's the average life of your cell? Well, it depends on how quickly they're, they're removed, taken out, repaired, regenerated. They don't know an average time. There's no half-life of a cell specifically, although they estimate them sometimes. Like continuously renewing cells, like in the stomach, they're replaced about every three days or even less. Your mitochondria last about five weeks. Your brain has to last a lifetime. So there's this whole hierarchy of different lifetimes yeah. of cells within the body. And all that has to be coordinated in some way.
to to maintain a living a living organism, a living human being. And here we go back to the the fat but fit kind of point. Yeah, longevity. They used to relate longevity to to BMI, body mass index. That includes fat. They got this mysterious thing: the people who are really heavy die young, but when they get older, the BMI is protective. They live a little longer. Why is that? It's not the fat; it's the lean tissue. Because lean tissue primarily drives BMI as you get older, or when you're an athlete. Probably your BMI is even above mine. My even my lean BMI is in the 30s. Yeah, my BMI says I'm like an obese person or something. That's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, you and I sink like a rock in a pool. I'm sure. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, in the floating portion of the lifeguard program, I said, "How am I going to?" Right. The other people are just floating along. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like they're but they're bobbing well out of the water compared you, to me. You mentioned you mentioned uh, our our brains needing glucose and the feeling of uh, we're starving and such. The thing that I have even more curiosity about is the, is the psychic starving, you know? And so I think that that's oftentimes we end up replacing what we lack in, you know, emotional voids or psychic voids or whatever it may be with these outside, whatever it is, likes on social media or food, you know, is, is that something that you have in your process of becoming your like, you know, mentor elder (laughs) kind of person for me, you know, is that something that you've witnessed as being, it's less tangible, less filled in a beaker, but I think almost, I think it's the driver of everything. Well, I, look, if the brain is starving or thinks it's starving, it's going to either make you move or eat or have a fear of starving. So they're all linked together, like you say. There's a thing called selfish brain theory that yeah. developed in Germany. You've probably heard about it. And the idea is that when, when the brain becomes, let's say, insulin resistant, it has a sense of that it's starving. And so it will, it will uh, first, the, the, you know, it'll make you eat because it's a healthy brain. But when the brain it becomes insulin resistant, you have all this repair failing. You have the fear of starvation because it's not getting, it's not well nourished. Mm-hmm. A diabetic person is literally starving. The live tissue is starving it, for the sake of the fat. The, the nutrients are diverted to fat tissue and... The, the brain is making the, the brain body. It's not a distinction, but right. but the brain is inducing insulin resistant in other tissues so it can get the glucose. If it doesn't get enough, then the fear response comes in because there is a fear of death. So you can have an obese person who can eat way more than you and I do. do. They could live 400 days without eating probably. Mm. But they're driven to eat. They eat more than you and I do simply because they have so much fat. It's not yeah. that you're fat because you overeat. You overeat because you're fat. Hmm. A lot of things get reversed when you think about them from a system's point of view. Because if you're fat, your brain is starving. And it starves often, and it, you're forced to eat every time it, it gets hungry. Hmm. It'll make you. And it'll also induce insulin resistance in your fat tissues, which, which is the path to diabetes. Why? Well, because insulin resistance is actually an evolved process for keeping humans alive in periods where they had to run to get food and a chase game and so forth. And you had to develop a system whereby which the brain could conserve its glucose during that period of time. Mm. 
And this is where the whole ketosis thing comes from. It's, it's low insulin signaling means you have to mobilize your fats in order for the brain to survive. The brain is not getting enough glucose, even though it induces insulin resistance in the muscles to, to, to preserve its own glucose. There has to be some other alternate fuel. And it turns out not only ketones, but lactate is an alternate fuel to mm. the brain. They didn't think it was because they couldn't find the lactate, but that's because it disappears so quickly. Mm. You remember, you're, you're looking for something, you can't find it. That means one of two things is not being produced or it's used so quickly you can't find it. And they were making the latter mistake. The heart seems to beat a lot on lactate. You gotta have, you gotta be a fuel switching hybrid in a world of where we evolved in order to survive. And, and you have to be able to mobilize different fuels. So the ketones are one of the things the brain can use. The nervous system can use ketones because they're so small they get through the blood brain barrier. The lactate does too. Yeah. So you're a fuel switching hybrid in order to mobilize the activity you need. And the hardest thing to do is to move while starving, right? And to think while starving. Right. And there are protective pathways that do that, and the ketones help because they clarify thinking a bit because you're, you're starving and you're burning fat. Burning fat is always a good thing to do. Yeah. But feeding fat to burn it is a dumb thing to do. Right. In my opinion. <laughs> I wonder with you, so I'm, I'm entering into my, my 30s. Okay. All right. <laughs> and you did you did you I mean you can see how you can see when you were born on Wikipedia I was like stalking you and stuff like that. Do you talk about age and all that stuff? Is that something you you mentioned on the the stage and all that? What's your age? Oh, uh, I try not to. Okay. All right. Well, so you have more years than I do, right? Yeah. And I've lived almost three of your lives, probably. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> and I, so I've kind of witnessed my experience in this, in this, you know, three decades that I've had here in almost like stages or chapters. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you've seen? Like, have you seen a distinct like stage chapter? In is there any kind of verbalization of that? Of well, uh, you go back and you create the reality you thought you lived. And it's a reality you you can remember and want to remember. Right. So you can tell good stories about those decades, or you can tell bad stories about them, or you can just forget them and, and move forward from here. Right. And just take all the wisdom that came from that. Yeah. You have to remember your mistakes a bit. But there seems to be a, a bit of a bias there in the brain in the sense that it remembers bad things a little too long. Yeah, it's like an evolutionary thing. Yeah, right, right. right. Know, I don't want to die, so I right. focus on uh, that. You went to that water hole and it was die, right. dry, you got to remember that. Right. You ate that meat and it was poison. What did it smell like? You know, you, you, sure. That's aversive fear, and it's, it's essential. It's a very strong form of learning. So you learn that, and then you recreate your life based on the story you want to tell yourself about how, how your three decades went. <laughs> it is true that you survive each decade better in better health and more effective if you enter that decade in better health. So it's like you, you live a decade at a time, and the, the better you are in terms of your fitness and your health in entering this decade, the more likely you'll come out the other end. Yeah. So survival 
Longevity is not something that's programmed to be determined. It is partly your robustness and your ability to maintain health through each of those decades until some big act, big, big thing takes you down. Yeah. And it could be your mitochondria again. I'm going to rag on the mitochondria right. a little bit more. Because right, right. they get out of control and all this damage starts to build up inside your tissues and the amyloid, amyloidosis, senile am amyloidosis is this amyloid protein that isn't properly cleared. It, beco it becomes resistant to the enzymes in the lysosomes and the de degradation organs that should be eating them up. Yeah. There's a find me, eat me signal on every molecule, in every, every protein in, in your body, yeah. every organ. And if, if you don't express those find me, eat me signals, that means you express them at a low level or you internalize them and you're healthy. Your cell's not going to be damaged. But if, if, if an even healthy cell needs to be taken out because they don't live forever except for their brain cells. Right. So they, they have to pop up that find me, eat me signal, and then that's, then cell competition is what clears a lot of the damage. A mitochondria that's damaged will post put a little flag up, find me, eat me, and right. it'll be degraded. Um, so life is all about changing memories, and it's not all about anything. It's just <laughs> it's, it's life. <laughs> right. And the strong have... <laughs> survive longer they, yeah. they survive the shocks that would take others down right so the very durable are like a, a durable automobile part that's been stress tested the very old uh somehow either didn't get a big damaging shock like a lot of people do or they resisted it and repaired the damage yeah <laughs> it, it seems like as we get these shocks, if we do hold on to them too tightly, you know, enter PTSD or you know something mm -hmm. like that, all of a sudden it starts to, to dominate and steer the direction of our lives and, sure and the production of our cells, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah right. it's that aversive fear because, you know, you, you almost got poisoned by this food, you'll never eat it again. Right. And you went through this event and you were almost killed probably multiple times during the, during the war or whatever sure. if you're an Iraq veteran. And uh, you say, man, I, I need to stay away from that sort of thing from now on. That aversive fear keeps getting rehearsed in your brain. Yeah. And the only thing to change it is to change those neural networks. Now, they are very changeable because you have to be able to learn new things and you have to be able to unlearn fears. That's the game. That's yeah. the trick. Yeah. Yeah. And fortunately, there's a real good gene called Homer <laughs> that fixes your brain. Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He'll come out at <laughs> night. Homer comes out at night and it trims the synapses on all of your neurons. They call it pruning. Yes. Yeah. Prunes them back and then another cell comes and kind of cleans up the debris. They regress. They don't completely get pruned, but they're, they regress in size and density. And every cell in your, in your brain has that happen to it. Mm. Amazing process actually and then you wake up fresh and you have the ability to form new thoughts you know there are people who can't forget anything they they remember so well and their brains their brain fills up there's no more space you only have so much bit space up there um and uh, so back to the fear, fear thing 
the 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 circuits, the fear circuits, because every synapse is part of a circuit of neurons. No thought is in a single synapse. As any thought has to be a network of neurons cooperating to express that thought. So, how do you how do you change those fear networks? You make other networks compete with it. The networks that get the most practice in the most use become stronger yeah. and they degrade the other networks. This is Gerald Edelman's fam famous insight about neural Darwinism. There's Darwinism everywhere. In the brain it's a very wonderful thing because it, it, it well, it can overstrengthen circuits that are too used, used too often and too strongly, but it tells you you can you can change that balance by reallocating thoughts to other circuits and doing other things. <coughs> so you, you make sure to sleep in a fasted state. You have to find a state of relaxation which lowers the signaling of glutamate, the excitatory uh, protein. Um, and then that gives Homer a chance to come out. Yeah. So go to sleep thinking of Homer Simpson and how it's going to fix your brain yeah. the next day. It's a company thought. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> the same thing happens with kids at a young age who uh, make the cutoff date for sports so that they end up being like the oldest one in the sport. Yes. You know, when all of a sudden puberty like really matters and like I'm like seriously at an advantage because I'm nine months older than everybody else here. Yeah. Those players end up getting played more. They end up getting more attention and they end up growing and end up, you know, more likely like than not. August or September are good months. Something like that. Yeah. Whatever it is. I'm a August 29 yeah. right there. Did it work out <laughs> for you? Oh yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the same thing that's happening in our brains. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. the, the synapses or the connections that end up getting put in the game more often. They end up getting more and more attention and they grow stronger and stronger. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. My question for you, I was, I was going to say upon this like aging stuff, I was going to say like, does aging get easier mentally because I think that's we're always expecting like is there light at the end of the tunnel like I think when I'm when I'm 40 I'll be you know whatever mm -hmm. I wonder if I think that the the answer might be it depends upon your level of pruning and how how you form the bushes but do you know what I'm saying is that even a question it's well my brain is still just fine I can do all the mathematics I ever could sure. and every, everything else Make as many dumb mistakes too, <laughs> yeah. as I ever could. Uh, I mean, more like the existential panic yes. of life. <laughs> well, you know, you have you have so much experience is, is good. Uh, it can be good and bad, but if you if you realize that, oh, I look back and I was too tense over that situation. It really didn't matter. Right. Most things don't matter that much, but when you see an opportunity that looks like the thing, like you meet a mentor, or you meet a partner for your business, or you meet a, a spouse, the woman of your life, or something like that, you have to go for it. And those are the moments that will change your life, not the incremental, you know, the, the steady drip, drip, drip. Right. But you have to work at whatever it is you're doing and have high standards in, in your work. Um, so you have to realize that there's a lot of a lot of stuff that you made too f too big a fuss over. Yeah. And if you stop that, it doesn't mean you don't you don't care, but you stop beating yourself up about it, or beating someone else up about it, or ruminating about it. Uh, you're free. You gotta you gotta set yourself free. 
you got to set yourself free from your old mistakes and things that happen to you. And even set yourself free from people who bring you down. Yeah. And thoughts and foods, habits, everything that brings you down, you can start anew. You can renew every day. And you can't forget the past because you can't, Homer can't do that much. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's a slow process. Yeah, it's a slow process. You wouldn't know who you were. You, you wouldn't have your, any memories that, that are durable. Yeah. A good memory is such a, such a blessing, too. It really makes a, a big difference. In fact, intelligence is probably basically memory. Yeah. We're slowly getting, getting the signal to move out of here, I think. Okay. But, but uh, yeah. Yeah, people, we're, right now we're recording inside of a, I don't know what you call this room exactly, we're PaleoFX, and yeah, there's a yeah. thing about to start. Um, yeah, how do people learn more about you and get in contact? And Well, first I want to tell you, about you, your listening is about you, about Aaron. <laughs> you should see this guy move. <laughs> he is big, he's like a big Brezhnikov or something. He, he, he moves with such grace and symmetry. <laughs> that means a lot. And he, I, 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 he, he, he watched, he, he saw the posture of my right leg, and he could tell that I had a stiff hip because I'd pressed that stupid machine and, yeah, and, right. and been on an airplane. So pay attention to what he says. He's, I, I never saw a big guy move like he does. Well, yeah. that means a lot, man. All right. And then you. How do they learn more about, about where to find your stuff? Oh, they can find me. Okay. <laughs> I'm all Pri- over. Type the name in the Google. Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Because I don't keep a, a podcast or anything. Yeah, right. Cool. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I really appreciate it, brother. That was great. Align Podcast. Thank you once again for uh, for Sigmatic for supporting this podcast and for bringing such a radical product to the world. Uh, I utilize the cordyceps and the lion's mane before any workout movement session that I do. Uh, chaga mushrooms every morning as I'm traveling. I always bring along some type of mushroom bl- blend for immune support and just overall vitality. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tim Ferriss has been loving that. Sean Stevenson, I believe, from the Model Health Show as well, has been getting down on those. Um, so they are spreading like wildfire and I highly recommend you checking them out. Um, jump on to foursigmatic.com slash align for 10% off of your purchase. I can't re- recommend it more. Uh, foursigmatic.com slash align. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash align. And you will get 10% off of any purchase from Four Sigmatic. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, a couple things you can do. One of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, You can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, Anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome, so great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful if you or anybody that you know has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash align. And then from there, that is uh, you get a free audio book from Audible. 
they have something like, I don't know, a bajillion different titles to choose from. Uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again, all free no matter what size the book you get. And that got me through, I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really, really amazing website, uh, amazing service, couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing. Costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show. Boom. Um, thanks so much for reviews on iTunes. That's greatly appreciated. And thanks just in general for listening. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for, for spreading the word. All right. I can't express enough how much I appreciate all that. If you guys ever have any questions or comments, you feel free to email me directly at Aaron at AlignTherapy.com. And I would love to talk. All right. See you guys. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast. Oye, tú se titula como canción de hamaca. Se siente uva como pa' meter la pata con gran papausa. Bandera blanca, música relax. Y no es de Jamaica, depender uno del otro como psiquiatra y loco. Si a ti con solito te llueve en piropo. Este día no lo daña ni un aviso de huracán. Quiero coger sombra mai abajo un bonsai. Si Facebook, Twitter, mi celular, una playa solitaria. Y que buscarle un masaje sin mano pa' mi espíritu y mi alma, mi negro. Quítame del lado los mojigangas. No estoy pa' ser mojero, lo mío es pa' huestir. Y pongo a viajar mi gente, barato igual que espíritu. Está todo bien, está todo super fine Tranquilidad espiritual se la hacía No soy Rastafari, por el love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por el love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por el love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por el love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy un I wanna be, you feel me? I run my way, it's an emergency CPR, ambulance, keep it real easy For us to be happy, ain't that easy I fucking love it, man, game over Same struggle, same color, same Africa mama Willow, Biggie, Tupac, Supercat, they don't die Somos brothers, from different mothers I flow slow, encima el dembow Unforgettable, como knocking cold gangsta Like Sinatra, sexy like Patra Odio los felinos, pero amo la cata Que le guste el ragamuffin And they dance with the nigga, ey Linga, 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 I'm the one man ganga Mi combo es mi DJ, otro dúo y mi banda No soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music I love reggae music, yeah No soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music I love reggae music soy carabalí, seré guatusi En el pasado fui ladrón como Masuchi No soy de la ciudad, soy de campo Visto para la listería desde hace cuánto me tardo Pero salgo y me mando Pa' morir en paz, yo vivo guerreando Que no quedaba nada muchacho, oye 
Si ahora que esto está empezando, la obra maestra, dile, el que sabe, sabe. Hablando claro, sí, llevando un mensaje, sin agenda oculta, como me gusta. En mi gente junta, es ahora o nunca, desde la cuna, pila me jura. Era locura, fanático esta negrura, como el quito, raza latina, descendiente afro, con el puño izquierdo arriba, arriba, arriba. Yo soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music, I love reggae music, yeah. Yo soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music, I love reggae music, yeah. Yo soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music, I love reggae music, yeah. Yo soy Rastafari, por I love reggae music. I love reggae.